With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Yes, indeed. Welcome to Trade Afternoons. And it is fantastic to have your company right here on Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Sam Edmund with you uh, and joined by the former Saint and former Essendon star, Brendan Goddard, once again as we do it all again on a Monday afternoon. BJ, welcome to you. Afternoon, Samuel. How'd you go on the over the weekend? On the weekend, weekend? Oh, kids' duties, birthday parties, some soccer lessons for the first time. Quit halfway through. Thankfully, it's a trial, so we didn't pay for the full term. All the parents <laughs> out there listening will understand. I've <laughs> <laughs> been there. Been there. I've uh, been there. In uh, fact, so I've you... just loaded up on the cricket gear, and I got the first whisper of it yesterday. I don't want to play cricket. Oh, no, you will close worst, your mouth it? right now. We yep. loaded up on pads, on helmets, on guards, this and that. Tell you what, there's no backing out now. Yeah, so the trial period's actually quite good. So two weeks. So she's not uh, that keen after two weeks. Done. We're not. We're not going any further. So no sort of Ronaldo or Messi like ability. Well, not no yet. Sam Kerr like ability. Sam Kerr, not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. I like the just, yet. This, yeah, just finding their feet in terms of their sport. They're at only eldest is only six and a half and yep. four. So they'll uh, they've had a golf club in their hand already. So that's uh, that's good. Can you give me? You've been busy giving tips over the weekend. Yeah, just got a little bit bored on Saturday nights. That's what my Saturday night, my wife and I Saturday nights look like these days. <laughs> You're out the mate. back. Out the back at nine thirty at night hitting golf balls. Um, my wife's in better sleep already. Yeah, and um, just thwack, thwack, thwack. Yeah. How do the neighbours go with that at nine o'clock? Well, it's isn't ten thirty the curfew? Is it? For golf ball hitting? Golf ball hitting, music. You know. 10.30. Okay. Is that, is that the curfew? Is I've got no idea. I'm lucky to be awake at 10.30 myself, to be honest. Yeah. Geez, you were hitting them well, though. You got any tips for me? Uh, no, you're all sorted. All the gear, no idea. Uh, no gear and no idea. Actually, I'm I'm lucky enough to have some excellent gear. Excellent. From um, very good friends at Taylor Mayer. They are They are a magnificent club. I'll tell you what. They are infinitely better than I will ever be. And I'm thankful that. So at least I do look the part the to some still degree. On them? No, although I was uh, listening to Gary Lyon this morning. He went out and had a hit last week and he pulled him out and it was still <laughs> plastic. Still plastic on the clubs. Oh, the you no. know, when, when people say, oh, look, I haven't played for ages and just got a new club, that's, uh, they're all lying. But when you, when you pull your clubs out, they've still got plastic on them. <laughs> still a barcode on them. Yeah, that's not great, is it? Uh, you're, you've done well to be here, though. Geez, you. You rocked up with one of the best looking sandwiches I've ever seen. What, oh, what's you're going to touch on my morning already. What, what, well, there's a thing with you on cafes, which I'm learning. So you came back from Bali and your first cafe stop, you got a parking ticket. Mm-hmm. Three gone, minutes. You've gone back to your cafe again this morning and there's been a bit of an incident. Um, did the old, which I actually got a car park. I paid for my parking on the app. So that was good. And come back, put the coffee on top of the car. You already know where this is going. Got in the car. I'm As I was getting in the car on the phone. Uh, cancelling my parking, which I always forget to do. And then next minute you get a, a, um, a notification saying you've paid, 
you know, twenty dollars for parking that you were there for five minutes about three hours later. So I did that, got distracted, got in the car, did a U turn, and I swear I heard something kind of as I was doing the U turn. Look at my review mirror, nothing. Uh-huh. Drive fifty meters. So what do you think? It's like I'm just hearing things. I don't know. I just ran over something. Yeah. And yeah, did the. Uh, 50 meters down the road, went to grab the coffee and realized I left it on top of the car. So oh. didn't, ha- didn't have the, uh, the guts to go back and ask for a new one and so tell the, them what happened. The chai latte has just gone so, everywhere? No, I'm not a chai latte, man. Oh, it's okay, a latte. Okay, and then, uh, so just made my way to uh, a place just around the corner from here in SEN and got a, a new one. So <laughs> so you have to wash the car as well? Yeah, that's it's all just gone inside the car. Yeah. Oh, yuck. Nothing worse. I've left my wallet, far worse. I've left my wallet on the roof once. You, went, you retrieve it? Well, I went and did the shopping. Came home, unloaded the shopping. All right, I'll just get my wallet. Where's my wallet? What's going on? I'm, I'm frantically searching everywhere as you do. And then it, I remembered, oh, crap, I put it on, how dumb is this? I put it on the roof as I'm putting the shopping in and I've driven off down Williamstown Road. So I've gone back, had a look outside the roof. Nope, not there. Driven along Williamstown Road, stopping, stopping, couldn't see, couldn't see. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to cancel the cars and everything. I'm just picking up the phone to ring the ANZ and there's a knock on the door and an almighty noise. I, I said, hang on, I'll call you back. I'll go out the front, and there's a guy in a B-double, and I live in a dead-end street. A massive <laughs> truck. Truck driver has somehow seen it on the road, found my license, and brought it around. So I had, a, I had well, all I had was um, half a slab. I said, mate, just take everything i got here. This is amazing. And he goes, oh, no, forget about it. No problem. Yep, yeah, He's driven cash. in this tiny little street. Nothing. He found nothing in the wallet. No one uses cash these days. And uh, I was all mightily relieved because just the – the inconvenience of having to go oh, through absolutely. replacing your I've cars. got one of the, a great story, but it, it takes a bit too long. But it involves a phone being lost by one Stevie Johnson while whilst we were in LA on a golf trip. You know what? I want to hear this story, okay? And, so, then, and then got retrieved about six hours. It's how it got retrieved is the best part. Okay. You're going to tell us that story. But first of all, we've got um, BJ's Bomb, Fact or Fiction, What's the Deal to Come a little bit later on, and a very special guest, the recently retired Geelong forward and premiership winning Bulldog, Luke Dalhouse, 225 games. What a great career his was. Won that premiership, that glorious premiership with the Western Bulldogs in 2016. So we'll talk about his career. We'll go for a trip down memory lane. His impressions of DeLong having gone down there as a player from another club. I think we'll have some great insights from Luke Dalhouse. So all that's still ahead of us. Three days to go in the trade period, of course. We've had 13 players change clubs. 16 deals done so far. And just before we get this Stevie Johnson story, something of some breaking news. I'm told the Luke Jackson deal is imminent. Very, very, very close. Which will then just open up the floodgates. I'd like to think so. That's the feeling that, from other, the hope. other managers <laughs> that's the and loose managers. Right here. Yeah, well, we know that he's linked to Brody Grundy, of course. We know that he's linked to Rory Lobb, of course. And then Rory Lobb's linked potentially to Josh Dunkley. And the flow on is everywhere here. So with the big LJ domino set to fall soon, hopefully... We have a circuit breaker with his move from Melbourne to Fremantle. So it'll be Fremantle's first uh, two first-rounders this year and next, I'm told. Mm-hmm. So 13 and in their future. And then it's what happens at the back end. So I'm just trying to chase some detail about what it looks like. Maybe, if I'm guessing, um, there's a sweetener from Fremantle going back. But then again, Fremantle wanted something back from Melbourne. So it might be a swap in the back end um, when it comes to maybe picks for this year or next. A bit scanned on the detail, other than to say that it's going to happen soon. 
Mind you, I did say that with Isaac Rankin too, didn't I? But that deal will still happen. Pick five. And that's not far away either. That's not far away. So that's pick five. Absolutely. The Crows will part with that to the Gold Coast Suns. And then it will be a future pick swap favorable to the Suns Mm -hmm. because they've got those academy kids. Of course, they want their picks in next year. So that's as we sit the trade period at the moment. But let's just, let's go to this. Never leave stuff on the roof is a lesson learned here. But what happened with the great Stevie J? Who, Uh, by the way, I need to point out, when we first started on air together, we talked about the pigeons. You were all over it. All and over since it. confirmed. Since confirmed. So uh, good on Stevie going to the country. I'm sure That's good. There's probably a little bit more involved in it than just coaching. Just oh, hang quietly, on. So. Oh, oh, what? what, what no, no, we'll leave that to another time. Okay. Uh, okay, quickly. So this is the time where he was, uh, uh, there's a story. So Stevie and I did a golf trip over the States and took some some people and friends across. Right? We're in LA. Both playing at this point? Uh, both playing. Yep. He's at, still at Geelong. Oh, wow. Okay. So both managed by Craig Kelly, the great Craig Kelly. We're out late at night and he, he isn't answering his phone. So I get a phone call whilst you know, at, at, a, at a club um, from Ned. And you can imagine how this went. Stevie's not answering his phone. Yeah. Where is he? I'm like, he's right next to me. So I tap Stevie on the phone, mate, you need to answer your phone. So this is when the first offer came through from GWS for Stevie. So I'm sitting next to him. So he's like, he's just not in a state to make a decision. Oh, and no. this is, can you remember, this is at the the, the 12th uh, hour of the trade period. This right is, at the death. Right at the death. Hence Ned's agitation. Yes, the urgency. So get outside, mate. You've got to go outside and answer this phone call. So he comes back and he goes, he's like, he's, he's rattled. I said, what? what? He goes, mate, I've, GWS want me. And they've offered me this deal. Three, It was like three year playing and two mm. year coaching. This, and, and it was really healthy considering where he was at Geelong uh, and what he was on. So I was like, mate, like, you know, what? He, he didn't know what to do. And he goes, I need to make a decision. <laughs> so we're sitting right there, then right, and there. Yeah, over at 20th, you know, uh, vodka raspberries, the old fire trucks. And <laughs> I said, mate, and I said, at the end of the day, mate, you do what's best for you and your family. Like, you know, great servant Geelong. That was my advice. I said, it's up to you. So he gets on the phone to his wife, chatting away, and he's and he's and he doesn't know what to do. Anyway. I think he has then they've decided that they can make a decision the next day. Uh, anyway, on the way from this club to another, we get in an Uber and his phone's dying. So he needs to charge it. So puts on the charger. We get to this new club, get out, get in there. Stevie, lost my phone. Oh, no. I left it on the charger in the Uber. Anyway, it was a, um, he actually didn't order an Uber. It was one of those black SUVs. So you just do the deal cash. So we had no, no trace of it. So he's freaking out. He's like, I need my phone for obvious reasons. And uh, so the next four or five hours go by late, in, late into early morning and he's conceded he's lost it. We tried everything. So out the front of this club on the way home. So you can imagine our, the state we're in right at this point. Oh, your phone rings again? No. The SUV that we caught there, the guy is right in front of us. The same guy. So we, go, we know he's got the phone. He's Just by chance. Just by chance. So we've bolted to him. Started smashing the windows. <laughs> let us, let us, give us our phone back. Uh, he put his window down initially and then saw us and realized who it was and then did the Johnny Bolt. So we got in a cab behind him and said to the cab, chase that car. So we're in the middle of LA at Sunset Boulevard. Like a classic getaway, just like follow that car. Yeah, follow that car. And we're just going, mate, we'll pay you whatever. Like at this point, it didn't matter. So we're, we're chasing this car. So we're literally, and again, just think of the state we're in. We're like, we think it's a movie. Well, we're in. We're in, we're in the mode right now. So anyway, we, this guy conceded. After a couple of Ks of we, us he chasing him, he conceded and pulled over. And so we got him. 
and he got out. He uh, did the old, I don't know where it is. Or, and we, so we're not leaving. So we all got in his car. <laughs> and so we're not leaving until he gives our phone back. We know it's in here, by the way. So he can say to open the glove box. Here it is. <gasps> got his phone back. So it was, uh, it was a little. About 50 missed calls from. Yeah. yeah so I turned the phone back on and whatever. And anyway, so that's, uh, it was a great story. All right. Well, certainly worth. It's uh, never a double time with Stevie. No. <laughs> he probably don't even remember that story. Before, yeah, that's right. Yarrawonga won't know what hit them uh, come next football season. Uh, so we, we started on that story with Luke Jackson. So. I think what it's going to be is those two first-round picks from Fremantle and then a pick swap later, as we envisage. Now, who that pick swap is favourable to, I've got no idea. I mean, you, you assume it would be favourable to Melbourne. It has to be. But I'm not sure specifically. So it's still TBC at the moment, other than to say it's very close. And uh, when it does happen, if it does happen, of course, in our little slot, humble slot between one and three, we'll bring it to you ASAP, uh, John from Woodvale's text in, BJ. Found a wallet with a 1000 bucks in it oh. once out the front of my work. I gave the wallet back when the bloke came asking around a few hours later with the full amount. The bloke came back with a carton later that day. Well, that's uh, the least he could have done, Johnny. <laughs> Absolutely. There is – oh, it's not a good position to be in, I'd imagine, if you found a wallet with a 1000 bucks. It would test your moral compass. It would. In a remote location like a – I'm sure it happened plenty of times. The cash is gone, but here's your wallet. This is how I found it. Yeah, this is how I found it. Mm. Trade Afternoons is for McDonald's and McSpicy range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? So we've got a usual segment still to come. Uh, BJ's Bomb, which I am fascinated uh, to hear today. I know the subject item that you've chosen, but I haven't heard how you're going to word it. I'm really interested to, uh, to delve into BJ's Bomb, which is a bit of a lateral take uh, on this Monday with a few days to go in the trade period. Is Fact or fiction? Yes, it is. It's a well. It's not a BJ's bomb concerning the trade period, is it? It's a lateral look. So yes, that's what that's I mean. True. Uh, fact or fiction? Gee whiz, there's a lot of fiction getting around at the moment. <laughs> Trying to sort some fact from that. That's why you're going to sift through it. I'm that's why you're the best, Sammy. really wary of what you're going to throw up my way later. And our what's the deal? As always, open to suggestions on this. I think we're going down the Sam Wiedemann path from Melbourne, potentially to Essendon, which I think will happen. And as I said, uh, former Western Bulldog, former Cats forward, Luke Dalhouse will join us as well. There's a bit happening on the news front, though, as we wait for the trades to drop. So we'll get to our news update, thanks to Beaumont's on the other side of our first break here. Text in too, by the way, 0419-187-323. 0419-187-323. Found a wallet? Lost a wallet? Put something on the roof? Seen something on the roof? <laughs> Let us know. one 2355 Back after this, you're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, those magnificent Continental Tyres, BJ. They're engineered in Germany and they're proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Welcome back. Before we get to the news update, a text just came in. I found a wallet at the San Remo pub. Now, there's no way of knowing whether these stories are true, but I like to think they are. So let's operate Take on that. On their word. Yeah, face value, of course. And uh, look, there's every chance this, is, uh, this actually happened. Found a wallet at the San Remo pub. It had $1,200 cash in it. And I handed it to the bar staff. He came back in and the lady gave it to her. He came over to me after placing a bet and he gave me the ticket and said, thanks. It was a fixed first four for a $100 and it got up and I won $4,312. Bang. <laughs> it's, it's like too kind of obscure to make up, right? 
pretty obscure, but uh, it's pretty bloody amazing at the same time. So imagine, anyway, hey, imagine, imagine that the guy walking away, knowing his bet and knowing that it won, he's like, <laughs> should just give him a hundred bucks. He would have been happy. I, re- I reckon. Yeah. Anyway, all care, no responsibility off the text. But drop us, if you had any experience when it comes to lost wallets uh, or found wallets, 0419-187-323. Beaumont's news update, BJ. New greater Western Sydney coach Adam Kingsley has added another experience name to his coaching panel for 2023. His 2004 premiership teammate, Brett Montgomery. This had been murmured for some time. So after a thorough search to add some fresh faces to the football department at Giants headquarters, the club secured Adelaide great Ben Hart last week, a two-year stint uh, at the Northern Bull Ants, of course. And meanwhile, Mark McVeigh resigned this morning. So he's going out the other way after a nine-year stint, of course, from Spike that included taking over the reins, I would say pretty successfully from Leon Cameron as a long-time caretaker coach in the second half of 2022. And Melbourne forward Sam Wiedemann is set to be traded to Geelong this off-season, according to the ages Michael Gleeson reported this last night. And his report suggested that Wiedemann will join the Bombers for a future third-round pick after the 25-year-old played much of last season in the VFL. So that's where Essendon have set their sights and... We know they're in negotiations also to bring Will Setterfield to the hangar also. BJ, your thoughts on Sam Wiedemann and Will Setterfield as potential acquisitions to the Bombers? Uh, well, first thoughts is that reports were that Saints were keen on him, but then Melbourne weren't happy with their offer back, which at the time, this is leading into trade period, which I just read this morning, that was a third round pick, so they weren't happy. So that may have been prior to then Sam Wiedemann actually asking for a trade or exploring his options, or maybe he just wasn't happy with the Saints. Mm. So there's a little bit there in that because then fast forward, you know, a week or two, and then all of a sudden now we're reporting that he's happy to leave and it'll be for a third round pick. Yeah. So um, future third. So people would say, well, you know, could he or could he not become a player? I mean, we just got a text here on Sam Wiedemann. I just can't see how he turns it around. Has there ever been a player that has, you know, um, being trained into having a bit of mongrel, I just don't think he's got it. I don't, I don't know necessarily. You can't really correct. You can't create that. If a guy doesn't have that in him, it's really hard to create it or teach it. Like, you know, that's a, that's an inner mm. kind of, you know, inner mongrel and feeling that you kind of have from early on in early in your life kind of thing. It's very, very hard to teach. So it it may not just be that. Like opportunity, it might be a little bit of coaching. It might be giving him the responsibility at at different ways to communicate. So I think that's where from a player's point of view, when you change clubs, you're you're actually hoping. And I guess in some degree, he's believed the sell from Essendon because clearly they've had a chat. There were reports this morning they actually haven't met uh, personally, face-to-face, so they'll do that in the next 24 hours. But mm. clearly there's been some discussion on the phone um, with Sam and Essendon about what they see him and his role next year. And, and just from my point of view, I think that's clear that it'll be you're, you're coming to the club to play. And so there was reports of like Essendon drafting or trading for depth players. Sam Wiedemann at Essendon is not going to be a depth player. He's going to be there front and centre with Peter mm. Wright as a second tall forward in that forward line with then Harrison Jones being the third string. And that'll, for, for a mix, I, on paper it looks good because then Jones then gets that third defender that he's he's better he's better than in the air, uh, a better mark, his agility on the ground. So it's a really hard matchup if you've got that ability. So the question is, can he fulfil his potential? Because I think athletically he's got all the talents to do it. 
by all reports, he's, he's, there's no question mark over his work ethic, work rate at training, his dedication. So again, coming back to one of the bombs I dropped the other day around supporters, hoping that these guys coming into their club through trade mm. will be the, mm. the play, the savior, the savior. Don't get your hopes up, but not everyone's going to be a Peter Wright where you go to that well and it turns out like that has. Well, Marcus is just texting. Peter Wright was labelled non-competitive and yeah. he turned it around. We That's right. I and I don't think you need to be like a super uber competitive guy to do well at the mm. AFL level. Mm. That's it's it's so that's where I, you can't teach that. So if that's the knock on him, I just, you find it and you find motivation to to compete in other ways. You don't have to have a natural, you know, mongrel. All things point to us getting some significant action today. While we've been speaking, Ryan Daniels has been tweeting. We said the Luke Jackson deal was imminent, but uh, Ryan Daniels out of Channel 7 News Perth has taken it a step further and said Luke Jackson has landed at the Fremantle Dockers details to come. So we'll await those. Still think it's those two first-rounders from Fremantle and then a swap in the back end. And Mark McGowan is reporting that Isaac Rankin is coming home to Adelaide. It is pick five, as we said earlier. Now, it was always about the swap. We said that. The Suns wanting something in the futures market. This is how Mark McGowan is reporting it. So the Crows will send uh, rank... No, sorry. Pick five. Yeah, pick five will go to the Gold Coast Suns. And it's a future third and fourth-round picks are also headed to the Suns in exchange for Rankin, pick 46, and a future fourth-round selection to Adelaide. So the Suns have sent the player, pick 46, and a future fourth, and they've got back a future third and a fourth-round pick, as well as pick five have Gold Coast. So um, uh, paperwork obviously needs to still be lodged with that, but that's as it's being reported, uh, the agreement between the Gold Coast Suns and the Adelaide Crows. And Luke Jackson, as we said, was uh, was really, really close when we came on air. And now it appears as though uh, that deal has been struck between Fremantle and Melbourne as well. And he's hoping, that's the old Drano, that you pour down the drain to unblock a few things and we get some movement off the back of that. We know Brody Grundy are very closely tied to the Luke Jackson move from Melbourne to Fremantle. So that's Sam Wiedemann. What about Will Setterfield? You know, it's not like they're not, they're not short on midfielders, Essendon, but they want some size, they want some height. And I suppose Will Setterfield offers them offers them that in the guts. He's it's almost a carbon copy of their careers almost. Wiedemann, Setterfield, different players, but lacking opportunity, yes, own responsibility, not being able to cement a spot in the team for, for reasons as we, we don't exactly know because we, we're not on the front line at, mm. at Melbourne or GWS or Carlton in the last few years for Setterfield. So, but yeah, I, I think. Again, he's going there for opportunity to play senior footy, and there's a specific role for him, being an inside mid, uh, maybe a bit of time on the wing, but it's a midfield role. So that 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 that'll be the promise from Resident, in my opinion. Yeah. And so does that then unleash his potential? Again, a different set of eyes on him, a responsibility of actually playing a role, having a role, different coaches, um, different ways of teaching can can always help. But again, it's it's a guy that. I think that they're adding depth in terms of, I think, their best 22 because these two guys are in that conversation, and so they should be. But then it's on the other end being in a year or two that then they can add legitimate top-end talent. So, yes, I think they're doing the right thing. I think there's a knock on Essendon and even other teams just adding these guys in, but I don't think they expect them to be that top-end talent. Yeah, They expect them to be a really solid contributor mm. and, and add to their best 22. And then, then they're hoping, I think, in Essendon's case, with their big war chest, that's another conversation that 
I may as well have it now that that's dangerous because we've seen teams in the past create big war chests and they're just, they just, they literally can't attract players to spend it. So <laughs> let's just stop talking about how much money Essen have to spend because we've seen other clubs and in particular North Melbourne in probably the last four or five years, because yeah. not without trying either. I'm not saying that after Dustin Martin, after Kelly, that it wasn't, it wasn't yep. an attractable Gaff. club to, yep. to go this to. And Essen and arguably at the minute are in the same boat because of what's happened. So, um, but the plan is, I think, get in, extend our depth in the best 22, and then add our top-end talent either through the draft or then going after someone with the money we have in the salary cap in the next couple of years. And I think the obvious one's um, Ben King from Gold Coast, but you know St Kilda apparently shaking hands on that. That's already happening. But oh, right. It's oh, a fact or fiction. Well, yeah, that's it. It's a, uh, but... They're the things that Essendon are trying to add to, which which you need a bit of luck, and it's a, it's a bit of groundwork that's to be done. We've seen in the past uh, Richmond adding Tom Lynch after a premiership, um, but adding depth that I think Essendon are doing the right thing and getting guys in, but they don't expect them, and supporters don't expect them to be the saviour when they come in. Tylers, you need stock fast? Well, Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Up next on Trade Afternoons for McDonald's, and McSpicy Range at Mac is back, by the way. Can you handle the heat? We're going to catch up with Luke Dowhouse, recently retired uh, Geelong forward, premiership winner at the Western Bulldogs. Uh, he will join us on the other side of this break. Stay with us. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's, the McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Okay, some breaking news while we were off air. Cal Toomey tweeting that Luke Jackson, again, uh, as has been uh, discussed, has been traded from uh, Melbourne to Fremantle in a deal involving GWS. Um, what's your name again? Brandon Goddard. Melbourne gets pick 13. <laughs> oh, there's figures everywhere here. I'm telling you what. Melbourne gets pick 13. Fremantle's future first round pick and future second round pick, which is tied to the Dockers in exchange for Jackson. Picks 44 and 67, and the Giants get Toby Bedford. So that's the link to GWS, Bedford going from Melbourne to the Giants. So to repeat, Melbourne gets 13 and Fremantle's future first-round pick. That was always going to be at the centre of it. They also get a future second-round pick, and Melbourne send Jackson 44 and 67, and the Giants land Toby Bedford. So that's how that one sits. Okay. No, one, no one tied Bedford to this, did no, they? No, they did not. But didn't Melbourne say that he wasn't going anywhere? No, no, that's um, that horse had bolted. Yeah. They would have liked to have kept him, but he's gone to play some, uh, some regular football, and he'll do that up at GWS, who have obviously lost Bobby Hill to Collingwood. This man was familiar with regular football, though, um, BJ. He was a rookie draft pick in 2011. He went on to craft a 225-game career at the Western Bulldogs in Geelong, highlighted, of course, by that 2016 flag at the Witten Oval. Luke Dowhouse is with us on Trade Radio. Good afternoon, Luke, and thanks for your time. No worries at all, fellas. How's retirement suited you? Uh, it must be an enormous shock to the system after a, a dozen seasons at the top level to to hang them up. Um, how's the last few weeks been? Yeah, it's, it's all been a bit of a shock, as you probably understand. And um, yeah, it's obviously a bit disappointing to um, stop playing the granny as well. It would have been a lovely way to go out, but that's life in the end. And um, yeah, I definitely feel like it's been a bit of a weight lifted off the shoulders. It was uh, I thought I probably knew this was coming. Um, and yeah, I've just been away camping and stuff and I've already started work. So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system, but no, I'm enjoying it. 
Just before we get to the here and now, what went into the decision then? Because people will look at it and think, well, you know, you're 30 years of, of, of age. It's even young by, in today's day and age, young for footy standards even. What what went into the decision, Luke, and why did you make it? Um, probably the thought of uh, playing beef most, most of the year again, as much as I loved it. Um, mm. Yeah, rocking up to beef on a Sunday at about 10 o'clock just sort of got a, just got a little bit over it in the end. So I just thought... Might be time to move on to uh, building, which I've started now, and I did all my certificate and stuff while playing, so I was just keen to sort of start that. And yeah, and to be honest, there weren't many offers rolling either, so the decision was probably made for me. Yeah, uh, Luke, there's been a lot of talk in the last few weeks and a lot of tall poppy syndrome from the public out of there about uh, you know how Geelong are getting all these players and how they're improving coming off the back end of a premiership. But from your point of view and leaving, obviously, the Bulldogs to go to Geelong, what do they do so well and what was attractive to you going to Geelong more than any other team? Yeah, obviously the, the lure of going back home and being a little bit close to family, I know it's only an hour away, but just to um, go back home and um, just the way that the clubs run, it's, they do it so well. I mean, we spend... Some, some days it's only three to four hours at the club and they do give you a lot of time off. And the trust is sort of put in the player to be doing the right thing and doing your own sort of recovery, whereas maybe other clubs, are, as you would know, mate, it's, it can be a little bit old school and you've got you got to be in the ice bath a certain amount of periods and um, do all sorts of things outside the club, where it's long sort of put their trust in the players. And I think I think that's obviously due to having a bit of an older list, but the leaders run it so well that... It just influences the young bloke. I mean, you only have to look at someone like Tyson Sandler would come in. He's just excelled. So, um, yeah, I think it's the way the leaders do it and the way the clubs run. And... I just want to ask you about this year, Luke. So round 21 you played. You played 10 games this year. You got yourself back in for, for round 21. What were your thoughts on featuring come finals time and, and obviously uh, hopefully grand final time? Did you think you could have retained your spot? And what was your level of optimism like to, to get back in on a more regular basis? Or did you always feel like the, the papers had been stamped? And was there communication in that regard from, from the club at any stage? Um, I think when you're, when you're on the fringe, you sort of, you, you do know. And mm. um, on, on the first final, I was hopeful. I mean, you always are as a player, but um, well, I, I wasn't even one of the emergencies. So probably from that point on, I thought, look, I'm not going to give up. No way. I'll, got myself as fit as I could and unfortunately the opportunity didn't come but um, I mean you can't I can't blame them I mean, they did so well in the final so I don't know who you're going to take out possibly but um, look it's disappointing the way that sort of ended but I had a great time there and it's all goals and um, I just feel lucky I was to play for 12 years in the end so um, yeah on, on to something new yeah and did you still feel like, you know, when you reflect on your own career that you still had it, so to speak? I mean, your style, you came in as a frenetic, ferocious tackler, you know, defensively without the ball. You were you were an intense sort of all-action sort of a player. Did, did, did you feel like you were still that sort of a player right up until the end and you had more to give? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was pretty happy with my form in the VFL and obviously that's a different standard to AFL, but... I played, played in, as an inside midfielder, and that's what I did mostly at Bulldogs. And um, yeah, I was look, I was pretty happy with how I was going there. But in saying that, like um, mm. you, you just don't know who you're gonna, who's who's going to go out of the team for, <laughs> for myself. So um, yeah, look, I was optimistic towards the end, but um, you know, like I said, that's that's my life. And just well, not- be pretty cutthroat, but mm. yeah. Just on the team this uh, year, Luke, what, what would you feel from a player's point of view that was the difference 
obviously criticism last year came about your, your offense and your ball movement, but there was a clear, distinct change in your style, both offensively and defensively. So what, what changed from the players' point of view? A lot of it was just from the start. Um, it was it was the ball side of things. I mean, like the, the last couple of years, it's a lot of that sideways sort of kicking. I don't think we were actually meaning to do it, but it's just we probably, probably played so that uh, we could defend well, whereas we sort of went um, out and we wanted to move forward, ball forward in, in every situation. And I think that was the biggest change. I mean, it just, it just looked better, especially being in the stands this year for most of it. Um, and yeah, I'm sure people saw that as well. But uh, I think just all the players gelled towards the end at the right time, or sorry, the last four of the 10, 12 games they won. So um, just got in that really good moment. It you know, didn't even look like losing, I don't think, except for the first long. So um, no, the boys did really well. Just before we let you go, as a retired player, I had a, a bit of a checklist to do things that I <laughs> wouldn't or wasn't able to do whilst I was playing. Have you got one of those lists, and what's on that list? <laughs> No, I haven't. I haven't really made a checklist list. The only thing I've made myself do is I joined a gym straight away because I've seen a few players <laughs> blow out pretty quickly. So um, I'm actually going to the gym this Arvo. So I made sure I'm going to make sure I go to the gym at least three times a week because I don't want to. We'll, we'll check sure back in with you and see how long this lasts, mate. Yeah, you can do the sin <laughs> Yeah, And Luke, you'll always have the reunions, premiership reunions at the Dogs, of course. I imagine that's a day and a, and a final series. Such was an extraordinary nature that'll live on with you forever. You know, you created history as a club in 2016. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the highlight for me. I mean, you look back, I look back at that now and I've had that week to sort of reflect on that. And um, Obviously, at the time, you know it's pretty special, but um, I definitely appreciate it more now. And yeah, I'm still in touch with them boys pretty regularly so um, yeah it's going to be a pretty nice reunion I would have thought and are there any different you know I mean you won the premiership in 2016 you knew what it looked like and then you watched as, as Geelong won the premiership this year the coaches and the coaching staff I mean are there any parallels any similarities or there's just so many different ways to, to, to skin it that it, um, everyone does it differently yeah look it's, it's completely different I mean it's a completely different coach group obviously but yeah um, yeah, it just definitely felt different. And probably winning it probably made it that little bit harder knowing how mm. how good the feeling was to watch. So I know it sounds bad, but like, if I hadn't have won one, I probably wouldn't have felt as bad, I don't think. But at that point, um, but yeah, look, I'll look back on that now and I'm so appreciative because obviously missing out on one hurt a fair bit. So um, yeah, I'll cherish that moment for me long. And I'm sure this is a question you'll get asked a, a lot in retirement, but where in, in the initial aftermath of hanging up the boots, Luke, where do you consider yourself? Do you consider yourself more of a bulldog or more of a cat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw the old cartoon, Cat Dog. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. I like it, mate. Well, uh, I'm glad you yeah. got away camping at a nice little circuit breaker there, and uh, good luck with, um, with getting on the tools in the building. Beautiful. Thanks, Heath Salas. There's Luke Dalhouse uh, there. That was Hanging Up the Boots, BJ, for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Remember when he came on the scene with the with the shock of dreadlocks? They uh, were flying in the breeze. He was, a, he was a marketer's dream for the dogs. They had the young You're right. He was a manic him. little forward oh. pressure player, evolved into more of a... Um, not so much accumulated, but a good little half forward and then evolved into a midfielder. He's good defensively always yeah. without the ball. And part of that dog side, remember how good they were with their hands in close and their pressure. Yep. 
He carved was, out a very good career considering he came from the rookie list and did it the hard way. Absolutely. Um, and then it was interesting, wasn't it, to get his insights on life at Geelong, having crossed from another mm. club to see... It's good to see him transition straight. Like, he's, he's gone pretty early. He's straight back on the horse, straight on the tools, which is good. He's got a plan. Got the gym membership as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I just said... <laughs> I was thinking about this one. <laughs> went for a run and I was like, I've had to put my ego aside once you, once you finish as an athlete, professional athlete. And it took me a while... Sort of start talking about myself, but it took me a while to understand that, like, I'll never be as fit unless you go like you got a, a appetite punish for punish yourself. Yeah, an appetite for triathlons and all that kind of thing, which I don't. <laughs> but I'll never be as fit as I. Is that a was. depressing thought? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It took me just, and then when I started running, I took some time off. I couldn't just run, for, just run. Mm. I had to. I, I was continually. I got. I've got to do this K in you know four minutes fifteen, and this is when I when I was. But everything was attached to a time. Now I think I'm getting to a point, even after four years, that I'll just run. And if I, if I, I don't feel that good today, so I'll do five minute Ks. I don't really care. <laughs> like, did, did the preseason fill you? I mean, as much, did you eat it up, or did you have that natural sense of dread? Or here we're going to nah, go. No, this I, is going to hurt. Yeah, no, I learned to. I always, I always enjoyed it. But I learned to just go and train, as opposed to like even guys now, younger guys in particular. Like you get to a three k time trial, whether it be starter preseason, particularly one after Christmas. The anxiety's through the roof. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say there's a point. I'm going to say I'm probably like four or five years in, maybe maybe more, six or seven, where I could just go, it, it really doesn't matter how Yeah, yeah, how but I you go. knew you weren't going to fall off the cliff, though. Yeah, correct. You knew so, your body so I, and you knew what you yeah, get away with. Yeah, and so you got over that and the training anxiety, so I just I ate it up. I loved it. And I used to say to the guys, where else would you rather be? Like, respectfully to other people out there, I said, you go to training in summer, Great weather, Melbourne's a great place to be in some uh, in summer. You go to footy training, something you love doing, majority do, and you're training with your mates, and all you're doing is getting fit. You know, there's bigger picture stuff, but yeah, simplistically, yeah, yeah. Life's that's pretty good. Life's pretty good. Yeah, so, but I imagine there'd be some young guys, as you mentioned, and maybe even older guys who can't ever let go of it. Is it? Oh, absolutely. They're, they're sitting over Christmas lunch and thinking, oh, I shouldn't have that last yeah. little dinner roll. Yeah, because- and then you got the guys that rock up after Christmas, <laughs> the anxiety knowing. Or not knowing how they're going to go because you you know deep down they hadn't done the work, yeah. <laughs> and then there's yeah then there's the older guys kind of you know quite relaxed and it's like it, and it's hard to tell a young guy it's like mate just do your best today because yeah and you don't want to almost tell him you go it, it, mate it doesn't really matter how well you go the whole scheme of things well, just run and do your best because yeah. in their back of the head they're like they've got to do this and they've got to run this time or my spot in the team in three months time will be in jeopardy. Like it's, it's not, it's not like that, but it's hard to tell a young bloke that it's not. When are you getting David Mundy on for hanging up the boots segment off the text? Well, we can try. It costs too much. We, yeah, yeah, we can try. That's all we can do. It wouldn't be through lack of effort that he hasn't been on yet. So we will take that on board as uh, homework, as we say. We can try to get uh, David Mundy, the Fremantle icon, on at some stage before we finish up on a Wednesday night here on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. Braden, I know you're on the line from Ballarat. We'll get to you on the other side of this break, as we will, our What's the Deal segment. Sam Wiedemann, Will Setterfield to Essendon. How does that play out. It's Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. They're engineered in Germany and they're proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? It's a very good intro though. Well done. You like it? Yeah. You happy with it? Yeah. 
It is pretty good. We went. We worked pretty hard on that, ripping that song to you play did, it for yeah. What's the Deal. And I had nothing to do with it. I remember simply, Sammy in the background. I, uh, uh, far smarter people than I came up with that one. Off the text before we get to What's the Deal today, though. Have I missed something here? Did Frio trade their future first and second to Melbourne? Right you are. So to recap, Luke Jackson is a docker. Melbourne gets pick 13, Fremantle's future first, and as this text alludes to, future second round pick. In exchange for Luke Jackson of Fremantle, along with picks 44 and 67. And somehow amongst all of that, GWS snagged Toby Bedford. <laughs> so we'll, yeah. wait, we'll wait to see exactly how that uh, manifests itself when the paperwork is revealed. But uh, that deal is done. Luke Jackson is now a Fremantle docker, which, to be honest, had been the story for so long. I can't even remember, BJ. But uh, he's going to get there. And then we hope now, don't we, that this maybe paves the way for a few more deals. What, what's the deal look like again? For Luke Jackson? Yeah, seven years. Oh, yeah, seven years. Well, it depends who you ask. I'm, exactly. That's what, that's yeah. what I'm asking because no, there's I, multiple I, reports. Figures of 900 have been floated. I'm told it's – I gave someone a choice. Is it 700 or 900 because I've seen both? Well, it started at 1.2 no, no, or so. It's not, not north of 1 million, but I was told it was closer to the seven than it was the nine. So make of that what you will. Everyone will Let's have just say vest- it's 800. Everyone will have a vested interest to, Over seven. to spout a figure that they, that they think suits them. But in the end, let's just agree on the fact that it's a bloody good contract and they're getting a bloody good player and they've had to give up what I think is – well, it's pretty much all they could give up, isn't it? You've only got what you've got. Mm-hmm. So they've given up the two first rounders in a second and they've got back a couple of picks as well. So um, Frank Melbourne will now wait for them to strike that deal with Brody Grundy. Will 27 be enough? Will Another Collingwood... ruckman on a seven-year deal. Yeah, yeah. So will Collingwood ask for more here? They really can't because Melbourne won't um, give up pick 13 and they probably won't give up the future second either. And they probably won't give up, they'll definitely won't give up the future first. So will 27 have to be enough for Collingwood? They might just have to accept... Well, again, they're vulnerable, aren't they, as they were last year? Because the script is written and everyone knows that Brodie Grundy wants out and he has to to be put out at the end of the day with five years to run on that contract, which we know is around a million dollars a season. So uh, that's where that all sits at the moment. Uh, Where does it sit with Sam Wiedemann and Will Setterfield, who have been revealed as uh, people of interest at Essendon? BJ, what do you think is fair price as we... uh, Jump into a bit of what's the deal on a Monday afternoon for, well, let's start with Sam Wiedemann, perhaps. A fair price. What's a fair price? Uh, yeah, for who? Uh, for, for Melbourne. The reports are a third round pick, but yep. it doesn't it doesn't add up when apparently St Kilda in discussions with Melbourne prior leading into the trade and their initial offer, or maybe final offer, we don't know, but it was a third round pick and they said it wasn't enough, but now apparently it is. So, so there's some, some Kilda supporters off the text. There's Collingwood supporters off the text saying, you know, the family link, of course, with the Wiedemans surely would have been a good fit for Collingwood, but Collingwood have gone down the damn McStay pass. They're not yep. going to come back for Sam Wiedemann. Um, at the end of the day... That's an interesting one. Who yeah. would you prefer, Wiedemann or McStay? Or you don't have a choice now, but prior to this, to Collingwood supporters. Well, well, well clearly the latter comes, uh, well, the former, Wiedemann, comes for a lot cheaper than the latter, Dan McStay. Mm-hmm. A lot cheaper. So that's, yeah, ask the supporters that. Uh so, yeah, so, so I'd, Essendon's picks? I'd say, yeah. 4, 22, 42, 62. What's well, going to be 42, 18. third rounder? 42 for Sam Wendell. And then what's Setterfield, what gets done there? Yeah, well, that's your, so Well, he's out of contract. He's out of contract. Not a free agent. No, I think that, that will that's be. Not, that will that's be, a fourth or fifth yeah, rounder. Yeah, that yeah. should be pretty straightforward. And, and based and, that they've made him wait to the end without a contract. Oh, no, he's so, got Carlton's blessing to look. Yeah, so yeah, I'm saying, yeah. so Essendon will go, well, guys, you, you don't even want him. You don't value him that highly considering you left him 
still leaving him here out to dry. Historically, of- trade dealing hasn't been too civil between Carlton and Essendon, but maybe even by their standards, they might uh, find this one relatively straightforward. So third round for Wiedemann will would be a fourth or fifth round. Yeah, whatever just gets the deal done. Depending on what else Essendon have got going yeah. on, which and they'll both they'll both again. I don't think you're a depth player when you're in the best twenty-two. They're in Essendon's best twenty-two, and they'll play if they're in form. Of course, there's their responsibility to train mm. well, have a big preseason. I think they're both fit and healthy. Yeah, Wiedemann came off a grand final. Set of field played finals for Carlton in the VFL. It was best on ground by a country mile in one of them. But they'll both play if they stay healthy. Uh, and surely Nick Austin at Carlton and Adrian Dodoro at Essendon can find common ground. Gee, they clashed over the Adam Saar deal uh, mm. a couple of years ago. Got done, though. It always gets it, done. It always it? gets done. Just a few uh, egos A bit in of mediation there. involved there, but uh, maybe this one will be a lot more straightforward. So that was what's the deal for the Ego. Uh, our team at Ego Power Tools, of course, think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment. J-Dog is a passionate bulldog. He's text in BJ. Once the Luke Jackson trade is completed, which it now is, dogs can then move on to the Rory Lobb trade, which I don't believe needs to be tied to the Dunkley deal. Fremantle reportedly require a draft pick in the 16 to 22 range for Lobb. Dogs can either trade their picks 29-37 to Fremantle or convert these two picks into a top 22 pick. The dogs are obliged to just get the deal done for Lobb. Now we'll see... David Walls will have his conviction tested. I don't know how many times he said publicly and privately, Rory Lobb is not up for trade. Now we'll see what happens given Luke Jackson. Is Everything has a price. In. Will be interesting. That's for sure. Braden has been waiting very patiently, BJ. We better get to him. He's got a question about the Bombers. Welcome there, Braden. Hey, guys. I just want to know about, uh, like, with Essendon salary cap and how we've got so much money, for some of the longer-term deals like Zach Merritt, George Ridley, Kyle Langford, can we move some of that money to like this the next year, or are they locked into what they are? No, money can always be moved around, Braden. Absolutely it can, which is a bit why Jack Bowes is in the situation he is, and more famously before him, Adam Trelaw was in the situation he was in. Contracts can be adjusted all the time, and often the club From will... From year to year. Yeah, we'll And what up. about... I still... Don't know the details, but you can pay uh, like one hundred and ten percent of the salary cap one year. Yep. Or you can if pay you, if ninety. Banked, yeah. If, if you've banked enough, so the previous year you potentially paid ninety because there's a minimum. What which do you have is to what pay? Carlton have done historically in recent times yeah. as well. Yeah, the minimum you have to pay is ninety. Yeah. Don't, don't don't give me a migraine on these sort of questions. They're, yeah. So that's what I'm asking. Too specific for yeah. our program. Okay. Anyway, do you think so this just is a to give you, report? just to give you a, a broad overview of it, you <laughs> can yes. you can bank in other years and you can pay. Let's just say it's ninety percent of the salary cap, less than a hundred, and then bank that for the following year and pay one hundred and ten. Got this or, text? Or, yeah, yeah. The banking in, system. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. Um, off the text, we had this text a lot, so we'll answer it. Brad Hill and Hunter Clark updates with the latter. I'm told the Hunter Clark deal is off. Kangaroos really interested. Hunter Clark interested too, but I'm told the Saints just for now. Have kiboshed that, um, and I think a lot of Saints That's supporters good for the Saint, yep. would be happy with yep. that. They were, probably were scratching their head over that one anyway. And because you'd be filthy on that, which happens quite often, leaves. He's been unhealthy, injured, uh, had a fractured face early in the year, shoulder, foot, so like, mm. like contact injuries, which are unlucky. And then he goes to a new club and then gets finally gets fit, healthy, and then turns into the player that you'd hoped Here's something we didn't consider for what's the deal when it comes to Sam Wiedemann. Hi, BJ. This is Mark in Newcastle. Loved your passion to win at Essendon. 
Essendon, Francis to Sydney for a third, and that will get sent to Melbourne for Wiedemann. Saddlefield is a future fourth, roughly. So that's Mark in, in Newcastle. We know that Aaron Francis yeah. is headed to the Swarm. I don't think they're getting a third round for Francis, respectfully. Yep. But which they've already got um, a third. They just they've got a late fourth rounder, isn't it? For so they've got. I think they've got. They've got what they need. Mm. At the satisfy moment. both yep. Melbourne and Cullen. Before we get to the break, we've got a lot of wallet uh, lost and found texts. I need to get to these. I found a lady's purse next to my car. Now, this is inspired, of course, by BJ leaving his coffee on the roof this morning at the cafe. and Your uh, wallet. My wallet on the roof recently as well. I found a lady's purse next to my car, a few hundred in it. I checked the address on the license. It was a couple of suburbs away, so I took it around. The guy at the house was unbelievably happy. His wife was having some issues and was missing. When I told him where I found the purse... He put two and two together. He gave me 200 bucks as a finder's fee. <laughs> that's from Dave. Probably should have read that text before I read it out. Found a purse outside our general store with my father yesterday. <laughs> I Tur- like how you just jumped on to the next Straight one. Straight on then. the next one. Turned out to be the shop owners, and she gave me free hot food for a year. Oh, the whole takings for the week were in a rather large purse. Over $6,000 in cash. Good man. Lost my wallet with 200 in it. Didn't realize it until I got home. Then I got a knock on the door uh, from a young boy, probably 12, was standing there with his mum to drop it off. So how good is that? Left my wallet at a deli cafe in Bondi. Went back to get it. Jake Riccardi found it and returned it as he was ordering a coffee, in brackets, Ristretto, I think. <laughs> so there you go. Well, plenty of them coming through, though. Lost at the airport, nothing worse, especially when you lose your passport along with it. Uh, trade afternoons for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle that? Probably a reminder there to pre-read text before we read them out live on air. Sam Edmund, Brennan, Goddard with you up until 3 o'clock right here on Continental Tyres. AFL Trade Radio, not too far away from a news update as well. Send through your fact or fictions now, anything you want us to decipher. And BJ's bomb not too far away also. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? Welcome back. This is Trade Afternoons and it is thanks to our great friends at Maccas. Sam Edmund, Brendan Goddard with you on a sunny Monday afternoon and a couple of trades coming to fruition. Luke Jackson done. Isaac Rankin not too far away as well. In fact... Funnily enough, a tweet has just logged from Mitch Cleary at Channel 7. Isaac Rankin joins Adelaide on a three-year deal. Shorter than what many have been initially anticipating. Indeed, it is. Now, we wait to hear what that trade looks like. But as we said earlier, it will definitely involve pick five. And it will involve a pick swap in the back end. It's not very long, is it? Is that correct? Your journo's got that one wrong. What was it initially? Five. Yeah, I think so. like 800. I don't remember reading any absolutely concrete reports on the length of the deal, but certainly that is a <laughs> lot shorter than what you would expect for a move of that magnitude and given the the salary that again triggers is reportedly on is offer. It ex- potential extension like can't answer. Cannot that's, answer. That's, it well, if that benefits the club in this instance, right? Not so much the player, so it's more 100%. Raises eyebrows about Isaac Rankin his thought process. That is uh, that is that is an interesting one. So the so the deal, which is good, right? Because there's plenty of deals that favour the player. It's the old seven year deal. There's plenty of them we talk about. We but did read this a, one favours the club. We did this. read about it earlier, didn't we? So it's um, Isaac Rankin traded to the Adelaide Crows, and the Suns get pick five, a future third, a future fourth, and the Suns send pick forty six and a future fourth 
back with the player Isaac Rankin, uh, who um, well was a player they absolutely wanted to keep after everyone else had re-signed up there on the Gold Coast. That one did hit them between the eyes a bit, but uh, he goes. He was out of contract, and he is now an Adelaide Crow. Your bomb, BJ. Just before we get to it, the the context to get to this uh, centers on the Essendon Football Club's off-field situation at the moment, of which there has been no shortage of material in recent times. Now, particularly concerning their new chairman, I think you'd put him in the colourful personality basket, yeah, Dave President. Barton. Chairman, president, yep, same same thing. Boss man, if you like, who has clearly been an agent of change and has wanted to come in and stir things up and there'd be a lot of... Shh, don't, don't, don't steal no, my thunder. I'm just saying, just but pre- it hasn't gone down well with everyone. And now behind the scenes, there's a few rumblings, a few whispers, we've seen some reports... Over the last 24 to 48 Some hours, homework there, for could, you to do. there could be a board challenge. And, and Paul Little is a name that's been um, linked to this, not to necessarily be the chairman or president himself, but perhaps to be someone behind the scenes who's trying to make things happen. He's offered a no comment to questions from the age <laughs> on that front. So maybe a bit of heat on Dave Barham. Now, this is the background for your bomb today. It's time for BJ's Bomb. I just wanted, so yeah, we're talking about this earlier. So, and even reading it the last few days, it just hasn't sat that well with me in terms of agreeing to the general public and media movement movement by one of our friends here at Trade Radio. Go on. Mr. Damien Barrett came pretty heavily last week for David Barham and the current board in saying that he needs to go. His job now is unattainable based on what has happened. Andrew Thorburn, and prior to that, yep. the way Ben Rutten was handled, and, and Alistair Al- Clarkson. Alistair Clarkson. So yep. there's a there's there's a couple of missteps, missteps, as, or as David strikes. Mm. Yeah, in that. But I think, in particular, everyone's just hungry for a for a scalp, and in this instance, it just felt a little bit too much to. I think it's very opinionated uh, based whether he should go go or not. But just put in context of what context of what he has done. So he's walked in there. This is always going to be messy. So I agreed that he's dropped a bomb on Essendon and and, and drew a line in the sand. Mm. And which I, I feel needed to be done. So full review, you know, question marks, you know, we go back, you know, eight months ago about an internal review going on. A lot of questions asked, why isn't that external? And the reasons, you know, get quite political with that. So he's come in and said, no, we're, we're going to do it this way. And it's the right way, in my opinion, said people may say otherwise. But it was always going to be messy when you're doing this at a club like Essendon. And, and the history and the people involved because of what's happened in previous years in terms of the drug saga, the, the people that are in, were still involved at the club, been part of that, who are really good people. I'm good friends with Xavier, um, you know, currently Adrian Dodoro. Um, there's a number of other guys that I'll miss, but... It was always going to be messy and it was always going to be um, speed humps and, in my opinion, sour grapes. But I think, holistically, he's done a great job. He did what no one else was willing to do. And it was always going to be messy. And there's a lot of positives that will come out of it. And now I feel like if there's a board challenge, that David's come in, yes, made mistakes, I, I agree, but... I don't think they're big enough to then justify um, him standing down or his job being unattainable as president. So then someone else comes in, takes his role, and essentially 
all the dirty work's been done. He's the only one that wanted to put his hand up because a lot of, I, th- I feel like a lot of, a lot of people want to be in these positions and do what David's done, you know, step into presidencies at footy club, but they actually don't know what's actually really involved. It's, mm. it's a lot of them, it, they're a bit out of their depth because respectfully, a lot of these guys come in very successful businessmen, business, uh, woman, women, should I say, and a footy club is just a different beast. So, so you don't think he's been out of his depth on occasions, David Barham, or if he has, and that's fair enough, it's oh, all part. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like they're, they're generally they are. Yeah, but he's done. He's done the hard yards. He he's done what needed to be done to set the club on on the right path and direction. That because the the previous path before he stood up, I think was was heading south. It wasn't the right one. So dropping a bomb on those that are quickly coming for, for him and the work that he's done thus far. Yes, a couple of strikes, whatever. Well, the Thorburn one was a bad one. Yeah. You'll have to, you'll that have is, to give us that. Yeah, that, that, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear the full, like, full story. Like, there's always more to it, isn't there? That's I mean, what probably frustrates you as a, as a journo, that you get told one thing, but there's always so much more to a oh, story. Look, at the end of the day, that was just an embarrassing oversight. Mm. You don't need to be a journo. you just got to observe it. Yep. They appoint him, and 30 hours later, he's gone, and they've conducted a forensic background check and Norman, on the man. Like, Ernst and Young are involved, <laughs> and a journo's Googled it in at the office. Yeah. That's not great. You don't need and to then, be. And, and, and Barham's across everything, the, the review now – it being part of the process, so he's got a great grasp on what actually needs to happen, or from his opinion, to make the club better. Mm. And he thought he was doing the right thing by getting Thorburn in there. But, uh, yeah, but I know what you're a, saying. I know, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. I just, I just, I, reading about it and people making those comments, it didn't. To me, I went, oh, it's not the way I feel. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Does BJ have a point on the bombers, or does David Barham need to make way again? And if that's the case, the it's circus like this, just continues. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So yes, he made a mistake, and I like the fact he owns up to it. Like yep. again, he's a bit out of his depth because it's 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 like a different beast. Like he's been so successful in other you know media, being Channel Ten, uh, a few other things, but it's just a it's just different, and you and you and you're responsible to. You know, and in Essendon's case, there would be, you know, hundreds of thousands of supporters, nearly 100,000 members. Like, it's, it's, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he accepted his mistake in terms of Thorburn. And he, in my opinion, put his hand up and he made the right decision. Was, is anyone really, you know, arguing that he shouldn't have asked Andrew to either choose between Essendon mm. or his faith? Like, yep. it was just unattainable based on the beliefs and, and where Essendon are heading as a club and diversity and equality. So, he made the right decision there. So yeah, I yeah, I understand. It just I don't know. I do, I think the overriding thing for me is just like just it feels like we just want another scalp. Yeah. So just plow on. Andrew's in, in Nidra, he's been listening, uh, BJ. Andrew, what what do you make of it? Uh has he got a point? Oh he has, he has, because I'm still waiting for the other uh eighteen odd CEO's um uh religious beliefs to be published. Uh, where they stand on issues, um, you know, um, I, I can't understand why one club gets singled out, uh, their CEO gets singled out, and and cause a, a you know the, the trouble we've had, and then um, and and then uh, you know, and then now they're gunning for the, the the person who had no other choice to do what he did. Mm. Yeah, he made it blue, but um, I, I think it was totally unfair the way they've come for him. 
yeah, like we all, you know, like it's just not right. I think I think Goddard has been is pretty good, and um, in relation to what he's saying, and um, and I think it's totally wrong how, how a certain media outlet is going for a particular person to get back into the club, and they're using all their avenues to get yeah to get Jane Turd back as uh, the coach. And Andrew, you got a trade question on your mind? There's a former Essendon player I've got uh, scribbled down here next to your name. Yeah, yeah, Waller. Uh, yep. Yeah, young Waller. Um, and where is he? And why can't this? And my issue with, with Essendon is why can't we retain Indigenous players at Essendon um, or, or, or recruit um, players of, of uh, Aboriginal descent back into Essendon Footy Club? You know, like we have, we're having an issue there, and I think uh, Waller is a is a, is a, a must if he's coming out of retirement to come back to Essendon. Thanks for call, Andrew. Can't answer the question. Uh, no way of answering that. From yeah, the I, don't, I don't think they've, they've got. Is there issue. even they, a link? They, it's just everyone's got their own reasons. I'm sure for a link between Waller and, and Essendon, like no, from I, an Indigenous perspective. Yeah, well, Essendon, like they pioneered you yeah. know relationships with the Indigenous, like strong ties to Indigenous community, Tewi Islands. But in, in Waller's case, yeah, I. I Waller was as supported as you know any anyone, just like everyone else. Yeah. But he he just just lost the motivation and to to keep playing footy, and he you know he got unfit, and so that's the biggest question mark whether he wants to come back to Essen and whether yeah. I think the family ties over in Perth uh, is mm. hence Fremantle. the connection to Fremantle, mm. but there's question marks over now Essendon and I think Fremantle that he's got to show that if he wants to get back in footy that he's he's motivated and willing to do the work. BJ, you're spot on. I'm a lifelong Essendon supporter who personally pays for four memberships. I'm right behind Dave Barham. He may not look too polished, but he's doing what needs to be done. BJ, spot on. Barham has to be given a chance and has done a good job so far. So um, it's been messy, but it's so I understand that point of it. But it's the it's it's the right. It's, he's done the right thing, in my opinion. Uh, Michael Gleeson, Jake Noel, the age Carlton's Will Setterfield will become a bomber. A deal is imminent. It's been the word of the morning, hasn't it? Imminent. Uh, imminent. Most likely for a future fourth round pick, they're saying for Will Setterfield. And uh, the likelihood is this means the Blues will hang on to Paddy Dow, the age is reporting as well, who uh, does have a contract into next year anyway, Paddy Dow. So I'm not sure how closely they were aligned, but the interest has come for Will Setterfield, who is a much more gettable from a current perspective at the moment. So We'll set a field off to the Bombers, it looks like, for a future fourth-round pick. Trade Afternoons is for McDonald's. The McSpicy range at Macca's is back. Can you handle the heat? And uh, on the other side of this, we'll have a news update for you. Plenty happening today on Continental Tires AFL Trade Radio. They're engineered in Germany and they're proven in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Oh boy, we are off and running now. Luke Jackson has been traded to Fremantle in a deal involving GWS. It sees Toby Bedford get up to the Giants. So Melbourne gets pick 13. Fremantle's future first round pick and a future second round pick 
in exchange for Jackson, 44-67. And as I said, the Giants get Toby Bedford. Isaac Rankin has been traded to the Adelaide Crows, BJ. Pick five at the centre of that. A future third and future fourth round pick involved with him as well. The Crows will also receive pick 46 and a future fourth round selection from the Gold Coast Suns. And there's some very, very well-connected people in this building that houses Trade Radio. And they've told us with absolute certainty that Carlton will trade Will Setterfield and pick 68 to the Bombers in exchange for Essendon's future fourth round pick next year. So Essendon screaming out for a bigger body midfield. Perhaps the squeeze for spots on at the Blues. Will Setterfield, good depth player, out of contract. And spots on the list, apparently. Indeed. So uh, Essendon will get their man in the end. I mean, I, I don't know why they do these. Uh, <laughs> as has come through off the text from Brett, why would Carlton not just say, here you go, Essendon, have Will Setterfield, a future fourth that will most likely get passed on come draft night anyway? Waste of time, in my opinion. I'm not sure either, Brett. First question just I Just so asked, they get a little win? Is I, it just, I don't understand it, to be just honest. Just improve their draft hand in the fourth round. Just to get a little win? Because there's always a little swappy now at the end, isn't there? What happened to the simple trade? What happened to man for man or pick for pick? Now there's always little swaps. Someone in the always has to come out on top. Little, all about the points, isn't it, perhaps? So um, and what what is it with that? Next time we get access to a list manager, we will put that question to them. Um, Billy is in Ep- Epping. Uh, lots of trades happening at the moment, but uh, the one that did not happen and has been kiboshed is the whopping six-club mega deal that would have required Port Adelaide to get that AFL exemption to trade their future first and future second round picks that the league put a stop to. And Billy wants to talk about it. How are you, Bill? How you going, boys? Now, just from a normal point of view, how does it work for the Roos? Like, how do we benefit from it? Like, because they were saying that um, some aspects of it might still happen. But if, if we've gone from pick one back to pick two... And we're pretty much getting um, a pick three and a future first for Horn. Mate, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't work for us at all. Or am I missing something? Yeah, look, Billy, I'm not even. I, I'm going to put my hand up and say oh, this is just way over my head at the moment. This deal. <laughs> I mean, that that one that we we were all pretty familiar with over the weekend that was squashed. I'm not sure where it goes from here. I have to say, I'm not sure if the same clubs will be involved. Some of the clubs will be involved. Different clubs will be involved. I just can't tell you how it happens, Billy. To be honest, I, I actually liked said this morning I was just staggered that the AFL don't allow clubs to trade their future first and seconds. It's a pathetic babysitting rule. Like let the clubs live by the sword and die by the sword. It's designed to yeah, protect why do them. Yeah, why do they have... Because they don't want clubs to sell the farm for a quick fix and then go belly up. But in this instance, they're trading in a, a teenager yeah, yeah. who's a generational talent and Junior Rioli, who is a must-have given the retirement of Robbie Gray, um, Fantasia can't get on the field. They need a small forward. Junior Rioli's 27 years of age. So they're investing in their future. They're not risking it. So I know you can't yeah, change like rules about stuff like through. Why this babysitting mentality? Let oh, them, I can't Let stand. them make their own. They've opened up on the on the like salary the dumping. Why don't they open up on the future big? So maybe it's one for next year. You know, it's a ridiculous rule in that if you trade your future first, you have to keep second, third, fourth. And if you, you can't it, trade your future, future second. Yep. And the other way around. If you trade your future second, third, and fourth, you have to keep your future first. It's a bloody confusing. But just from uh, on Billy's rule. question, um, I don't know about the, the the long trade and all that. I agree with you; that's over my head. But from North Melbourne's point of view, if you go 
let's just pick. Yeah, they got pick one, but Ashcroft's pick one. So he, you, you still have pick one. You just you just have the arguably the second best kid in the competition. So yeah. you still have pick one. But do you really want a guy that doesn't want to be there? And at some point, if it's not this year, it's next year that he's going to leave. So he's benefiting North Melbourne in in some way. Oh, I think the trade's going to happen to answer Billy's He's question. saying, how does, it, how, how does it benefit North Melbourne, though? Because they've gone from pick one to pick two because Ashcroft's oh, sure. in there. But then okay. he said you're going to get pick three. Two and three was... Two and, th- two two, and three Yeah, was so I have pick two and three. One scenario. Yeah. Who knows whether that scenario is still alive. But at the end yeah, of the so, day, so he's Billy, saying, how does it benefit? Well, you, you do all right, haven't mate. I was saying two and three. One of those players could seriously be better than Horn Francis in the long run. I know. We, and we, then you get rid of a guy that, you know, doesn't want to be yeah. your footy club wants to go home. That's so, the thing for and mine. You got, and you've got to get something back for him because if it's not this year, it's going to happen next year when he's out of contract. Yep. And the same opportunities in terms of picks and what you may get in for him might not be around next year. Generational talent? Question mark off the text. That's how he's described. He, yeah. he's, he that's, was a that's lock, not your a words. It's their words. That is exactly how he's been described coming through. And okay, he had a difficult first year. The kid's 19 years of age. So when he takes off, text us back then. Mark's in Newcastle. He agrees with your stance on... Essendon, that was a subject of uh, your little bomb earlier, BJ. G'day, Mark. How you going, lads? Good, mate. Good, BJ. Just want to say thanks for your time with Essendon, mate. Love your passion and your hatred for losing. <laughs> a lot of that coming uh, through, mate. <laughs> facts, mate. Loved it, mate. It's good to see you. I think you should go down there and instill it into the lads, I reckon. Um, quick one. Barham, I understand... Um, what you're saying, and I think it's going to take time. We'll see how this review goes. If they put everything in place, it might all work out for the best. Quick question. Do you reckon it might have affected Bowers coming to Essendon? And with that, why why haven't Geelong, did they didn't send that second round pick requested by the AFL and instead they traded him to Brisbane? Why did mm. they do that after the fact? And do you think King Dodo should be pushing to um, try and get him to Essendon still. <laughs> uh, I think you can put a line on him joining Essendon. I'm not sure. Line through him, yeah. Yeah, line through him going to Essendon. I'm, I'm not. I, we always had them. I, I always thought that was the less likely of the, the three options that he had, and that was Geelong Hawthorne and the Bombers, but he went through the process of meeting Essendon. Um, for reasons only Jack can explain, and I'm sure he probably will in, in due time, he didn't choose them. He chose uh, Geelong. And yeah, I can't answer why Geelong traded that future second, but there's a feeling at Gold Coast that the Cats have got what they've got and they'll accept a future third. I think that'll happen. The, the Cats have still got that at their disposal and um, and that deal will be done. There's no, there's nothing at all to suggest at the moment that that deal is going to hit a speed bump. I think it all proceeds. And Jack Bowes will be playing for Geelong come the end of the exchange. Behind, behind the scenes, everyone knows that he's he's off to Geelong regardless. That'll get done. So, And then just to delve into your other part of the question about it definitely probably affected his decision when so much uncertainty around Essendon mm. and then Adrian's ability to convince him or the club to to come to Essendon mm. so it had to have and then you take into consideration that Geelong had already started the process Beaumont's news six update. months ago yeah yeah it's a, it's a busy news uh, afternoon isn't it so Tyler's if you need stock fast well Beaumont Tiles are ready to help over 115 outlets stocked up Rankin done Jackson done Setterfield about to be done 
and the promise of more to come on trade afternoons for McDonald's and McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Send through your fact or fictions now. I've parked a couple of them with some reluctance, but we'll sort through them as best we can. I think it's fair to say, BJ, I've got a couple of quick phone calls to make during this break. You're listening to Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. They're engineered in Germany and they're proven right here in Australia. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's. The McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? It's time for Fact or Fiction. <laughs> Jeez, that's a dramatic stinger, isn't it? Yeah, Johnny just, Tam, it's, some it's, of his finest work. It's not as good as your... Um, oh. What's the trade? Oh, boy. What's the deal? What's the deal, sorry. Um, all right, this is my segment, not yours. Quiet, please. Uh, first one I've got here. Lockie Hunter was exploring his options and there was no takers. Oh, you're asking me that? Well... This is ongoing. He is exploring his options. That is fact. I don't know if there's no interested parties, but at the moment, having checked in on this this morning, there is nothing that we need to report. So maybe a fair bit of fact. Okay. Uh, With two days, three days to go. Yep. James Rowe potentially to the Bulldogs. No, I can't confirm nor deny. I can't. I have tried. I love just- I have tried. Just for the listeners, I love when this segment comes up and it comes in the rundown sheet. In the ad break before it, I can't talk to him or communicate to him because he's trying to get on the phone about what's on the rundown or what happened in this instance from Friday because he had some homework to do. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it's quite now, funny. What we do like about fact, I know it's your segment, but what we do love before you get to the next one is that we love a sighting. It's a bit like the trade bell with Jared Waitley. <laughs> a sighting enhances the question, and we've got one. Could be a, a really good lookalike that they've just uh, identified. That uh, they've got wrong. So, uh, Joel Hamling to Geelong, it just, it's not going away. So, j- just had a text in saying, just saw Joel Hamling at a Geelong cafe. Well, he might be at a Geelong cafe. I, I don't know. He's from Perth. Why would he be in Geelong? He Come might on. be having a holiday over here. Yeah, you don't go to Geelong for a holiday. Well, hang on. What do you got against Geelong? What if he's Nothing. just on I his way really down to like the surf Geelong. coast? Yeah. What if he's on his way down yeah. to Barwon Heads or he's on his way to Torquay or he's on his he's way from to... Perth. Sea change. Parents, family in Perth. Anyway, so. All right. Well, if that's true, um, I can't tell you if that's true. He can't, but other he, than. He that, can't that, get any info on these people. No. I, I, or I he be, can, but he, it just won't go away. So he's getting nervous that his, his contacts are actually lying to him. Would it not surprise you that Joel Hamling would be linked to Geelong? Absolutely. Given, given the depth they have in that position in a Savaratic yeah, Alliance. It's a hard sell. To Port Adelaide? It'd be a hard sell. We're if, about to? It's a weird sell. Uh, if, if, as in. If he, it does happen, being mm. Joel, come to Geelong. You're not going to be in our best 22. So come as a depth player, which chances. you're already doing at Fremantle. And you're in your home state. And the club that you're at, arguably, you're in the premiership window in the next, say, three to four years. I so come it doesn't, here. Yep. Yeah, anyway. Uh, fact or fiction, Tom Stewart will be Geelong's next captain? Oh, well, impossible to answer, but the, it could easily be fact. It depends on what the Cats want to do, isn't it? So Tommy Stewart will be 30 at around the time next season starts. So they, do they just want to, for lack of a better phrase, a stopgap for a few years, or do they want to go back to a younger player if there is a legitimate candidate there, which case there might not be. I'm not sure. I haven't had a good look through the Geelong list to see. Never had they, to really think about it because... It's just been a part of the furniture yeah. and, a, and a question you don't ask for so, so long. Tom Stewart's 29. I think he'd be an excellent captain. Mitch Duncan's 30, soon to be 31. 
Um, Patrick Dangerfield's 32, of course, would be the logical successor, but at his stage of his career, perhaps not. Um, Tom Hawkins the same. So you're going back down and maybe... DeConning. <laughs> Sammy DeConning. Welcome aboard as captain. Steve Kernahan style, you reckon? Oh, well. Make him young. Well, as you said, this might be a transitional phase. So a couple more years under his belt. And then, and then DeConning, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe you give Tom Stewart the keys for a few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, fact or fiction? Geelong will be unable to find a second round pick for the Suns as requested, as requested by, the, by AFL. the AFL. As and requested by the AFL. What does that mean? Mm, I don't know. And the question is here, and Bose will end up at Essendon. Essendon. Fiction. <laughs> it's not Fiction. Uh, but fact, they will be unable to find a second round pick. I'm not even sure they're going to try to find a future second round pick. I think they will send a future third. And we've just spoken about swapsies. Could there be a little bit of back scratching? Off the yeah, back of just, uh, the Jack Bowes deal. And last fact or fiction for this Monday afternoon, Paddy Dow to GWS. Uh, no, I think fiction. Well, nothing at all to suggest at this stage that it would be fact, but I'd happily be proven wrong on that. Um, Phil's in Baronia. He's got something on fact or fiction, though, and you started with this man up near the top of the segment. G'day, Phil. Welcome. Hey, g'day, guys. How are you? Oh, Good, well, Phil. Well. Hey, um, quick one. So first you mentioned um, Joel Hamling, and not sure if you mentioned this in the last few seconds, but yeah, so Hamling played for Geelong before he went to the Bulldogs, before he went to Frio. So yes. he was from Geelong, that area. So I guess, you know, no reason to drop back in and, and see the local cafe. Yes. Um, but you mentioned Lockie Hunter. Uh, I have it on very good authority from those that were there that Friday week ago uh, at the Melbourne Best and Fairest. Hang on. Uh, afterwards at the after party. Hang on. Uh, all, the Melbourne, all the Melbourne players... The Melbourne staff were there, and from my understanding, the only non-Melbourne person also at the Arthur party was Lockie Hunter. Hang on. Dun, dun, dun. The plot thickens. So, Phil, just to recap, you have it on good authority from the people who were there. So this is a The Lockie little, Hunter at the this, Melbourne after party, uh, Best and Ferris after Phil, party. Now, Phil, how many degrees of separation <laughs> are you from the people who were there? Is the person who was there contacted you, or has it gone through a brother's, sister's, uncle's, auntie first? No, and I... Um, I've been thinking about texting or DMing or ringing Sammy uh, Edmund for a little while, the last seven or eight days since that night. Oh. And I thought, I'll sit on it for a bit. Um, and now that you've raised it, I thought, oh, why not? I'll go with it. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so uh, without going into too much detail, work colleague uh, also uh, was there. And then the day, two days later, said, hey, I was there the other night. Guess who was there? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, it's very, very strong uh, information. I have no doubt this is correct, that he was there. Why he was there, who knows? Yep. But he was definitely there. Yeah, a good disclaimer to make because he could be there for other reasons. We don't know. But, Phil, we appreciate it. And don't hold back again, please. Uh, DM me instantly <laughs> as soon as you know. Uh, so there you go. A sighting at the, not the Melbourne Best and it Ferris, be but very... the Melbourne Best and Ferris after <laughs> yeah. party. Well, it's a good disguise, isn't it? Because you wouldn't think that a, you know, a, a meeting of such about discussing your future would take place <laughs> take place at a best and fairest after party. Maybe a good time to have the discussion too, saying. because they're just loosened up a bit. Oh yeah, that too. But why just not add another year on disguise. and another year no, on? No, we just cross paths. He was there. He's probably <laughs> really good mates with one of the Melbourne players. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll remember that call. And if if there is fact attached to that sighting in this in the sense, they're saying that, they need another wingman, don't they? Another traditional wingman. 
That will be interesting if Lockie Hunter is to join Melbourne off the back of that. We love a sighting. Uh, the, the, uh, sightings are encouraged. Mistaken identity fact. again. Could well be. That could be. Um, but I think there was a bit of substance to that one. Maybe before we get to the break, Scotty's in Churnside Park. He wants to have a chat with us as well. G'day, Scotland. G'day. How are you going? We're good here. That's good. Hey, just a quick cue. Um, I'm just trying to get an idea of the lay of the land with the picks that Brisbane have. Do we know if, as it stands currently with a couple of days left, that Brisbane actually have enough to match an Ashcroft bid for number one? Or I haven't done the sums on that, Scott, but I'd say so. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone back through and added it up. They were a few hundred short prior to even bringing extra picks in, and now they've got an absolute stack of them. So I'd think so, but there'll probably be a bid for Fletcher as well later on in the draft. But uh, I, th- I think they've got no enough, one, Scott, but I haven't done the sums. Yeah. I haven't got the calculator. No they one's need, reported that they haven't no. or that it'd be an issue. So and they they're need, not going to stuff that up. 2,400 points they need with the discount if the bid comes at one, of course, for Will Ashcroft, Scotty, but you probably knew that already. What's the likelihood of North Melbourne bidding? I think pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think pretty good. I think just to hold listening them accountable. to Cal and all the other uh, guys and girls discussing the – under-18s, which I'm not as familiar with at all, they say he is the number one yeah, choice. Yeah, so they'll but do by it. By some margin. There's not a debate at yeah. the moment. Um, which, when you go back to last year, people say, why didn't North Melbourne bid on Nick Dacos? Well, in their mind, Jason or Francis was the clear number one, so they thought we will yeah. kick him with the number one pick. Um, I like I reckon we've got time for one more. Let's go to Bendigo, where Choss. I think it's Choss. How are you, Chossy? G'day, how are you? What's happening? Not much yourself. Uh, we're going all right here, just talking a few trades, funnily enough. What's That's on your mind? Uh, I'm just wondering what's going on with Anthony McDonald's to the Woody. Is he going to Freo or back to Essendon? Oh, it's a good question, Choss, and uh, we've got a former bomber here, and I'm sure he's really connected to this. Fact or fiction, BJ, is Anthony McDonald to Woody going to Essendon? Well, at this point, it's fiction. So I think both clubs have got uh, question marks over his... Uh, motivation and his willingness to do the work to then play AFL because that was the question mark. Not so much a question mark, but that was a concern to uh, the end of his career or his first career, you could say, at Essendon and why why he finished up. He just wasn't up to it mentally and physically to his own admission. Uh, and so there's question marks over that even if he wants to come back. So he's got to prove both clubs if they're both interested and if he chooses one or the other, but that he, I think there's a, there's a bit of water to go under the bridge. Uh, Scott, just quickly, he's texting. Just wondering, is Sam Simpson for Geelong out of contract? He is Scotty, but I'm told that he's very close to penning a new one. So Sammy Simpson to stay Sounds like at the Feels club. like his name's been raised in trade yeah. for the last four years. Didn't have a great run with it with injury, but I'm told they will recommit to him again. Trade afternoons is for McDonald's and McSpicy range at Maccas. Can you handle the heat? As we uh, discussed Moments ago, we brought you the news, the specifics on the Will Setterfield trade. Well, the paperwork has been lodged, and in fact, it is Will Setterfield and pick 68 from the Blues, and the Bombers will give up uh, their future fourth-round selection. David and Nick will be waiting on the line. We've got one more segment in us here on Trade Afternoons, and we will prioritise you as soon as we get back from this short ad break. Trade Afternoons for McDonald's, the McSpicy Range at Macca's. Can you handle the heat? Oh, boy, it has been a lively show. Luke Jackson's changed clubs. Isaac Rankin is about to change clubs. Toby Bedford has changed clubs. And Will Setterfield is now a bomber. It is a busy afternoon 
You want to keep it locked here on uh, Trade Radio. Cheeky text from AG just during the break, uh, BJ. Should GWS retire at the number five Guernsey? Is everyone who wears it tends to leave the club? And he's right. It was Dylan Shield into Jai Coldwell and now Tanner Bruin. Just hang it up, you reckon? Number five's just been tarnished yeah. forever at GWS. Rob is on the Gold Coast. He wants to talk about Jack Gunston. G'day, Rob. Yeah, g'day, buddy. How are you? We're well. Uh, yeah, just wondering if any sort of trade could be... I'm a Hawthorne supporter, uh, and I know we kind of need a bit of midfield depth, and I was wondering if uh, a Gunston-Matheson trade could be worked out or something like that. Don't have a great line of sight on Matheson to the Hawks, but uh, Gunston's obviously going to be done sooner rather than later. It's just a matter of what it looks like. There was, I'm told, some sort of a deal in train that would have had Brisbane handing over 21, getting back Gunston and 24. Now, obviously, Rob, that would have, this isn't your concern, but that would have set fire to the Josh Dunkley deal, which is already simmering at the moment and would have well and truly bubbled over had Brisbane gone and done that, but they didn't for reasons they might explain later. But uh, make of that what you will. I still think Jack Gunston gets to the lines in some way, shape or form via a trade. Uh, David's in Altona North. He wants to talk. Ollie Henry. How are you, Davo? Yeah, g'day, guys. Um, yeah, very um, interesting scenario with this uh, whole Ollie Henry trade that's being um, held up. Um, Sam, so just wondering whether you've heard some uh, bit of a uh, bit of cons- uh, anger and resentment uh, towards the Cats over this trade from a few other AFL clubs, um, and them actually barracking for Collingwood to to hold tight on this deal because um, uh, quite a few clubs are growing frustrated with the way Andrew Mackey is actually acting during this trade period as compared to um, the professional Stephen Wells over the journey. Well, just, wondering, just wondering whether you'd heard anything. Don't worry, David. Stephen Wells negotiated as hard as anyone, so let's not think he just uh, was a Mr. Nice Guy like uh, the grandfather next door. That wasn't the case. But one other list manager did say to me the other day, VJ, I think we spoke about it on air, Geelong are trying to win every game to love at the moment. But but as you said quite rightly, well, aren't they all? But there is some suggestion you can give a bit here, take a bit there. But they're going hard. The Cats and the hate. That's all fair. Love them all. Stephen Wells has got a bit of a like a security blanket in Andrew Mackey, just roll him out and make yeah, him look like the bad guy. Punching bag in front of him, 100%. Hey, this is another fact or fiction for you. BJ, where you got any inside word from Connor McKenna and whether or not he will be back no. at the Dons or definitely off to Geelong? That's from Taggy. I don't even think Essendon were in the conversation. And I think why not? I don't know why. Why not? Not sure. Why not? Uh, and... Andrew Mackey, I think, said last week or maybe the week before in discussions that they touch base mid-season or thereabouts, and there hasn't really been any follow-up conversation. Mm. So Conor McKenna, at this stage, doesn't look like resurrecting his AFL career. Nick, you can have the last say. You're in Pasco Vale, and you want to talk about the Will Setterfield trade that has just been made official that we spoke about earlier. What do you want to? How do you want to tackle it? Attack it. Uh, pretty angrily, if I can, oh, if you don't mind. Oh, your probably. Thanks, guys. Look, I'm, I'm a Carlton supporter. Um, the way that it's been reported during the, the trade period, it seems like the club couldn't or wouldn't keep both Patrick Dow and, and Will Setterfield on the list, like no room for, for both of them. Setterfield's out of contract this year. Patrick Dow was on a three-year contract, which was due to expire at the end of this year, but then it was reported earlier this year yep. that at some point over the journey, we extended his contract, yep. presumably for the purpose of if he wanted to leave at the end of this year, we'd be able to get something back for him trade-wise. Yeah. 
and it, it, the way it's been reported, it seems as though the club would have preferred to have kept Setterfield rather than Dow, which is why we asked Will Setterfield to wait until the end of the trade period to see if we could put an offer to him. Again, presuming that means we could get rid of Patrick, uh, Paddy Dow during the, mm. during the trade period. No one's taken Dow. No one's interested in him. And the fact that he's in contract now means that we have to let Will Setterfield go. Nick, we're out of time, but Steve Silvani, luckily enough for you, is up next. And I know it's on his agenda, so who better than the former list manager of the club to put some clarity around it for you? BJ, you've been amazing. See you at one o'clock. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Clock. Don't leave anything on the roof of your car tomorrow. I'll start the day better. See you then.